his hand. Amen. And the worship group backing him up. Hallelujah. We're going to get ready to go into the word. And this is one area that we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to see, is he really in control? Hallelujah. Amen. So let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for this opportunity to gather with the saints. Lord, to come into your house, Lord, to give you worship and praise, God. But moreover, to hear from you, God. Speak to our hearts, Lord. Move every hindrance, every roadblock, God, out of the way right now, Lord. Lord, let our hearts be open to receive from you. Lord, let us be pliable as clay in the master's hand, God, that you can make us who you want us to be, Lord. That as we even leave this place, Lord, we can represent you wherever we go, in the hedges and highways, wherever we go, Lord, lifting up your name, being the light, being the salt, being effective, Lord, in every opportunity that you give us to, to shine, God, to speak into the lives of those that don't know you, and to encourage, encourage those that do. Lord, we just give all praise to you, Lord, because we come to be your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And you can be seated, amen, as we ready to release our children. Amen. No classes. Oh. No, okay, I thought so. Amen. I was with you. Amen. So we will go ahead and release our children to their classes. How are we doing on the fast on our 21 day? Seven days, one week down and two more to go. Why don't we just add another week, right? <laughs> No, I heard a definite no. Amen. But thank God for, for you know, what we're doing. You know, we know that it's a challenge. Huh? It's a challenge in, in several different ways. Hallelujah. But one thing I, I, I see in this fast is it forces you to make some decisions regularly. And it's also letting you know that you have the power to say no to your flesh. Amen? Say, no, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to pray. I'm going to stick to the guidelines. Amen? And, and, you know, so I thank God. We've had some interesting meals over the... <laughs> if you can imagine. Some creative meals. Amen? Some, some of y'all, I've, I've heard some of the things that have been whipped up and put together. And like, wow. Didn't even know you could do it like that, huh? God is good. See, it's just, 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 just take a little discipline. You know, I was telling people, you know, I've been talking about this thing, and I tell them, I say, look, just like we make the sacrifice and we, we discipline ourselves not to, to go, you know, because the list that we put out there is like avoid these foods. Amen. There's a whole list of stuff you can eat, but, you know, when it says leave this stuff alone, you know, leave all the dairy alone, leave all the meat, the pork, the chicken, you know, the fish, you know, all the dairy products, no cheese, you know, all, all those things, you know, when we, we hear and say, what? But you know what? It's no different than living for God because there's things in the world that's not on his list for you either. Amen? And when he said don't do this and don't do that, you got to have that same type of resolve to say, no, I'm not going to do it. Amen? Although it's right there in front of you. You know, I mean, you like I said on last week, you go in the grocery stores all in front of you, so you got to decide, am I going to stick to 
what's permissible at this time, or am I just going to do whatever I want to do? Amen. So we got we got to make that choice. Amen. And again, I'll say this again. We do it what? As unto God, not man, because he's the one that's going to reward us, right? He's the he's the one. He said he's a reward of those who what diligently seek him. Amen. So it's not to please me. I mean, I'm, hey, I'm doing it too unto God. Amen. Because, you know, I want his blessings upon my life. Amen. I, I want to be, you know, in obedience to what God is leading us to do here in living faith. Amen. And in the kingdom of God at large. Hallelujah. So I'm glad to be here this morning. How about you? Didn't get much sleep last night, but that's all right. I'll get some this afternoon. Y'all know we don't have church this evening, right? Amen. Let's see. This evening is off. Got a hallelujah corner on that one right over there, you know what I'm saying? Amen. Well, I'm with y'all, amen, because like I say, I'm going to go and give me some prayers. Hallelujah. But we're still talking, amen, as we're going into this new year, time to do. And this this, this morning, I'm trying to get my words out right. Amen. This morning, we're going to talk about an area of doing that can be near and dear to everyone's heart. Amen. And I'll say this, it's also near and dear to the heart of God. Amen. So you don't have to feel different. You don't have to feel like there's something wrong with me. Amen. Because God uses this area to, to check us out, see how we're doing. Amen. And when we do it right, he use, also uses this area to, to be able to show his, you know, his love, his provision, his blessings, all those things. Amen. When we come in alignment and we understand that it's all about him anyway. Is that right? So some of y'all probably know what I'm going to be talking about. Amen. It's time to give. Amen. That's something that we do. Amen. Just tell somebody next to you, giving is what Christians do. Amen. Why? Because God so loved the world that he what? Gave. And we say we're Christ-like, right? So we should so love God and his kingdom and his people, amen, and his ways that we should be givers also. There should be no such thing as a stingy Christian. I said there should be no such thing as a stingy Christian. Amen? But that comes with growth. It comes with understanding. So, so as we, we begin to look at this area, we're going to look at, you know, there's basically five different types of giving that I see in Man, looking at it, and, you know, Carl, you're familiar with this because we shared a video and I got a lot of information from it, you know. But I even looked at it and I seen even a little bit more. But there's there's five different types of giving that we're gonna examine in scripture. Amen. And by doing that, Amen, it'll help us get some understanding, Amen, and lay some foundation, Amen, for being able to receive back from God, amen, the God kind of results that we want to get from our giving. Isn't that right? Anybody want to get results from your giving? Amen. I know I do. Amen. I want to get, and, and I'm going to say this, I just don't want results in my life. I want results in the life of those around me. I want results in the lives that I might be giving to. Amen. I want to see results in the kingdom as I give. Amen. But see, so when you talk about results, don't just think about results for yourself, what you want. Try to do what you do to that baby. 
Did you pinch him? Amen. But, you know, we, we want results. And not, I mean, we don't come to God and live for God and not expect results. The ultimate result is to spend eternity with him. But along the way, how many of us want some wins? Amen? You know, you want to know that you're doing right and God is with you and God is blessing you. He's on your side. Every now and then it feels good to know that, wow, I know that was God. And see, we want to see that same kind of result when we are given. Amen? We want, to, we want to, you know, get the returns, amen, in the lives of those around us, in our life, amen, in the ministry, amen, all those things, amen, because, you know, giving, you know, it says give and it shall be what? Given, amen, unto you, amen. So we stop and think about that. So there's, there, there's three of these types of giving that we're going to talk about this morning go directly to God, amen. One of them specifically goes to man. Amen. The other one, amen, you can give it to God or man. And we're going we're gonna to break them all down, amen, as we begin to look at it. And again, because what happens is when we get our giving mixed up, we, some of the time we cancel out the results. We don't get the results that we expect because our giving is not correct. Our understanding is not correct. And our expectation across the board, it can't be the same. But when we look into what the scripture tells us and the purpose and the motive, everybody say motive. See, we got to always, in any time we're giving, there is a motive. Amen? See, whether it's the motive to be a blessing to somebody else, to help them, a motive to get something back to yourself, a motive to bless the kingdom of God, there's always a motive. Amen? We're going to talk about some of those, what should motivate our giving in these areas. Amen? So we want to we see those things happen. Amen. So, hallelujah. You ever wonder why you're giving in the first place? Sometimes, like I said, we're giving because we don't have the understanding. So as we pay close attention, take some notes today. Amen. That's, that's, that's permissible. Amen. Sometimes, you know, people got their phone out there. I'm taking notes, but they're really on Pinterest. Watching, watching the video or uh, texting somebody else that you done checked out. So let's be honorable today. Amen? You're Christian, right? <laughs> Amen. So let's go to work. Amen. First one we're going to talk about is tithes. Amen? Tithes. Let's go to Malachi. Somebody say, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Malachi, the third chapter, and we're going to look at verses 8 through 12. Hallelujah. I think I'm going to be consistently in the King James today. My foundation. Version. Amen. But in Malachi 3 and 8, it says, will a man rob God? That's a question. Amen. Will a man rob God? And I'm going to answer that question Yes. It's not a rhetorical question. It's a real question. And yes, men will and men. When I say men, that's men and women. Okay. I let them one off the Amen. But we do rob God. Amen. It says, yet, even he says here, his Malachi is speaking unto the children of Israel. He says, Yet have ye robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? 
in tithes and offering. Now, let me say, when he was talking to them, he wasn't just talking about the people. He was talking about everybody. He was upset because everybody was robbing him, all the way to the priest. They don't get off the hook just because they got a title. If they ain't doing right, they're robbing God. Amen? So he was talking about all of them. He said, you have robbed me in tithes and offering. Has anybody here ever robbed God of tithes and offering? Don't raise your hand. Maybe I should have said that before I asked the question. But you know, and guess what? God knows. You can't fool God because everything you get comes from him. He already tallied it before you got it. Amen? Get him by cutting corners. He said, but you've robbed me in tithes and offering. And then look what he says in the ninth verse. Most of, a lot of people hate this verse. He said, ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. He said, now when you rob God, when you don't give God what belongs to him, what do you do is you, you put yourself in a position to be cursed. You curse that area of your life. Amen. And you wonder why you're constantly struggling and fighting and trying to get ahead and catch up and ends ain't meeting. And, you know, I, I've heard it said and I've said it many times over the years. I'd rather have a blessed 90% than a cursed 100%. Amen? And, and I've, I've seen the result of both. I've been tied before. What did you just say? 78? 30 how many years? 37 years, depending on the months, how the months fall and all that. You know, I learned how to tithe early. Amen. And I've been tithing ever since. Amen. So I haven't had to deal with the curse. Amen? But I remember before I started tithing, I remember the struggles. I remember the shortcomings. But ever since then, we have not lacked amen, anything that we had need of. God has always provided. God has always made a way, amen, and not just in finances, but in other ways too. And look at what else this passage says. Amen? He said, you are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. He said, bring all, say all, all the tithes into the house, that ye may, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. He said, bring all the tithes, where? Into the house. Well, I'm going to deal with that a little bit later on. But he said, bring all where? Into the house. Not in your house. In his house. That there may be meat. There may be provision in his house. So that when people come to his house, there's provision. There's provision for his house to run and operate. Amen. All those things. He said, bring it all into the house. Amen. That means you can't choose to do what you do, what you want to do with the tithe. Amen. I mean, years ago, I'm going to tell on her. Amen. But, you know, when we first start living for God and tithing and so forth, a certain individual like take the tithe and say, well, I see we have a need for this, so I'm going to get that with my tithe. I'm going to use my tithe to go buy this. We had to sit down and have a conversation. You can't do that. The tithe of God, you can't decide how to spend God's money. You got to bring it in the house and give it to him. Otherwise, you know, all you're doing is meeting needs. Hello. And we're going to deal with that, like I said, a little bit later on. 
So he said, bring all the tithe, not a portion of the tithe. What is the tithe? A tenth. Amen? It's not, you can't tithe 20%. You know, we've heard people say, we tithe 20%. No, you tithe 10%. Anything, once you hit 11%, that goes into the category of what? Offering. Amen? Anything above 10% is an offering. And we're going to talk about the offering, obviously. So I just want to make that clear. 10%, and why does God choose 10%? Because God is wise. Amen. It's a percentage based on, I don't care if you make $10 million a year or 10000 a year. It's equal for everybody. Amen. It's not putting more burden on anybody. Amen. But it all works out according to God's plan and God's purpose. So when we say, I can't afford that much, God knows what you can afford. So what we really say is, I won't afford that to God. But not can't afford it to God. So we got to think about that. But he said that so there would be meat. Provision. Things are in my house. See, so when we look at the house of God, and there's, there's lack in the house. It's not God's fault. Amen. Notice I said lack. I didn't say need. Yeah, we're going to deal with that even. But when there's lack in the house, it's not God's fault. It's, it's because the same reason he's dealing with them here is because they weren't doing what they were supposed to do. They were robbing God. Amen. And creating a deficit for his plan. Amen. Because God has a plan to finance his kingdom. Amen. It's through tithes and offerings. Amen. Through his people. You know, there's unsaved people who tithe. Because they understand the principle. Amen. They, they see the benefit. Because tithing works. And they know that. Amen. He said that, that there may be me. And now this other part. He said, and prove me now herewith says the Lord of hosts. How many of you ever prove, really prove God by just stepping out there and doing it when you, when you were afraid to? You know, you just stepped out there and all of a sudden, you, and all of a sudden and when you continue and you see this thing works. This thing works. I, before I was, I was struggling, but once I really started doing it and I was consistent, next thing I know, I was doing more with less than I was doing with more. Well, why? Because you're working in a blessing now. Rather than trying to stretch a curse. Hello? I said rather than trying to stretch a curse and wonder why it don't work, just step into the blessing. And why let God stretch that. And he can do it. Amen. There's a passage I, I'm not going to go to today. He said, you know, when you do stuff like that, he said, you put your money in bags with holes. He said, literally says in the scripture, he'll blow on it. You wonder where to go. What happened to it? Because you're robbing God. You don't want to mess with God. I'm going to tell you right now. He said, but prove me here what says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Anybody could receive that? Huh? He said he'll open the windows of heaven. How many of us would love to live under an open heaven? Huh? Amen? And, and, and so where God is just pouring blessings out on us, pouring blessings out on us, pouring, amen? And see, when, when God pours blessings, it's just not financial. He, he, he wants to bless you in every area of your life. Amen? See, when you, when you step into this place, living on an open heaven, amen, you don't have to deal with lack. You don't have to deal with struggle, amen? He can pour out blessings in the area of your relationship, your marriage, your health, your business, Amen. Your children. Why? Because you've gotten yourself in a place where you're walking in the favor of God. 
and we want to get to that place. Because look what he says. He says, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. See, anybody, you know, sometimes you wonder what's going on. Devour all over you because, you know, you're not walking in the place where God can rebuke the devourer. Amen? Hallelujah. So it said, he said, he won't destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed. Wow. And, I mean, he said, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. You know, but the, the deal is this. The choice is always ours. Amen? You know, God is not going to make us do it. Amen? We've got to choose to be obedient in this area. We've got to choose to trust him in this area. Amen? Of our tithing. Amen? See, and that comes back down to the motivation of tithing. For our tithing, amen, we've got to do it by faith and obedience. Amen? For his protection. You know, he said he rebuked the devourer. Who, who else can rebuke the devourer? Like God. Huh? See, I want him dealing with those things, trying to come against me and, and bring lack. Amen. So that's the motivation. We want to be motivated by our faith, our obedience, and motivated because we want the protection of God over our finances, over our life. Amen. And when we do that, now that allows God to step in and be your protector. That allows God to let heaven be opened over your circumstances and situation. Amen. It puts you in a position where now, you know, it's kind of like that insurance policy. Amen. Scott, I'm covered. Amen. And, and whatever I need, he said he's going to supply all my needs. Amen. And he's going to rebuke the devourer when he comes against me. Amen. Tithing is a good way to, to get you in a place to where you are, you are in a place where even when things are going on crazy around you, you become recession and depression proof. Amen? <laughs> because he said, okay, I'm protecting you. I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to make a way for you. Amen? So we, when we get to that place, amen, we say, thank you, God. Amen? Because I'm walking in the obedience. I'm walking, amen? I'm a tither. A consistent, a regular tither into the kingdom of God. How many tithers we got to hear this morning? Amen. And we believe in God for 100% tithers. Amen? 100% tithers, amen, so that we can walk in that place, amen, and having God over us, amen, in every situation. You know, because when you tithe, amen, you step into, I said like this, you step into a covenant with God. Because he, he let us know right there in Malachi, if you do this, I'm going to do this. But in order for the covenant to work, you got to do your part. Amen. If you don't do your part, then you can't hold God to his. Amen. But when you know you're tithing and you wonder what's going on, you go, God said, I've been faithful, Lord. He, oh, yeah, I got you. Amen. But see, if, if you you cannot, you know, but when you choose to step outside of that, you release God from his, his obligation to you. Because, you know, you're going to do it on your own. You got this? Okay. But if you would just covenant with me, if you would just trust me, if you would just believe me in your tithing, I've already told you what I would do on your behalf. Amen? 
Same God. Someone say, well, that's Old Testament. Same God. Amen. He was talking to his people. Are you his people? Amen. And there's places that we can, but I don't want to go through all that. Amen. But just, just believe God. Hallelujah. Because he will do his part. Amen. So we can hold God. When you tithe right, you can hold God to his promise. Amen. And he will rebuke the devourer. Amen. See, so, so what is the, revour, the devourer or who is the devourer? Anything that makes you spend money that you can't afford to spend. Amen. Unexpected expenditures coming upon you. Amen. See, there's different ways the enemy comes to divide. Amen. And he comes in, amen, to, to, to mess with your relationships. He comes in to mess with your business. He comes in to mess with your mind. Amen. Take your, steal your peace. But see, God said, I will rebuke. He's coming to devour your peace. Amen. So uh, we, we want to walk in a place, amen, that we are walking right with God. You know, when we talk about tithes and coming into the house, amen, there's, there's one thing that most people don't really know about tithes. Most Christians really don't know about tithes. God gave the tithes to the priest. You know what? He didn't give it to the church. Amen. He didn't give it to the people. I mean, for, for the tithe was given to the priest. So what you saying, Pastor David? All my tithes go to you? That's what God said. Got some looks going on now, boy, I tell you. They're like, well, wait a minute. Oh, hold it, hold it, hold it. God has a system. And I really don't have time to go into it all right now. But see, with the way God designed things, when they got ready to build the house of God, the temple of God, what did they ask for? The tithe? Or did he tell Moses, amen, and Aaron, all of them, to ask them for an offering? And it got to the point to where they were bringing so much in the offering that he had to tell, them, tell the people, don't bring no more stuff. We got more than enough through their offering to build the temple. I'm talking about not just build it, but lay it out with gold and silver and everything else that it needed, amen, because they were willing to give that kind of offering. But the tithe, go to, let's look at one passage here, in, in Numbers. 1825. Look what he told Moses. There's a whole lot more passages I don't have time to go to. But just this one to show you clearly. He said, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Thus speak unto the Levites, and say unto them, When ye take of the children of Israel the tithes which I have given you from them for your inheritance, then ye shall offer an heave offering of it for the Lord, even a tenth part of the tithe. So he said, when all those people come and they give you and the Levites, those who serve in the house, you give those tithes because I've given, when the tithes come, I've given it to you. And when they get all that, they take a tenth of all those tithes, and they tithe to the house. And that, you imagine that. And that was more than enough to take care of them because why? When they divided up the land, when they went into the land uh, of milk and honey, 
when they went into, you know, the promised land, all the tribes were given inheritance. They were given land. They were given places to produce. And, but see, the Levites weren't given that kind of inheritance. The tithe was their inheritance for their subsistence, amen, to take care of them. And they tithed to the house because the house was built by the people's offering. It was managed and maintained by the people's offering. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could operate like that today? But guess what? We can't. Because it takes all the tithes and whatever offerings we get to manage the church. So the priests don't get it no more. That's not how we operate. Amen? But I want us to be clear in understanding God's purposes in all of these things. Just imagine, if I took all the tithes, we wouldn't have a church. Hello? Amen? But see, we have a place because why? Now, that could turn around if we just came up in our offering. Hello. Y'all ain't getting with me this morning. He's like, wait a minute, Pastor David. You, you no, I'm, see, I'm not trying to get that. But I want us to have an unbiblical understanding of how things were done, God's purpose and God's intentions. Amen? So if we just do that part, then we can come. You know, I don't need all that. God takes care of us. Like I said, 37 years, time, and I have not been without a man, raised seven children, about drove us. No, they didn't drive us. Amen. But I, I thank God he supplied all our needs. Amen. Why? Because God is a provider. God is a good God. Hallelujah. So, but there is a blessing in that. We're going to deal with that some more at a later date. Amen. So, but your tithing is a divine connector. Huh? It's a divine connect, connecting you to the blessings and the supply of God. Amen. And we want to get to that place. Amen. So we got to be motivated properly. Amen. We want to be motivated by the desire for his protection, the, the rebuking of the devour. We want to be motivated. Amen. Because of our obedience to what his word says. We want to be motivated because we have enough faith to know that God will do what he said he would do. Amen. That's the time. Now the offering. Hallelujah. The offering, amen, is another good one. It's, it's, it, you know, in Malachi, he told him, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. Isn't that right? Oh, that's interesting. Amen? Because when you, you go back and you look at it, amen, you say, well, you have robbed me in tithes and offerings. You say, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Amen? So they're going to be meeting my house, but see, when we look at the tithe, I mean the offering, and we begin to deal with that, it's closely related to the tithe, but it has a different result. Amen. And the tithing, amen, I mean the offering, we, we has, has a different motivation. Amen. When we bring offerings to God, see, the tithe is what you owe God. It's like when you go buy a new car or a new house, amen, and, and you got a note, they don't get excited. Because you paid the note. That's what you owe them. Amen? That's what they expect of you. What am I saying? God's not getting excited because you paid your time. It's his. And he expects that of you. But the offering is a different story. The offering, when you choose to bring an offering to God, now you've got to decide how much you're going to bring. See, so the offering, amen, is, is motivated, amen, 
through our thanksgiving to God. Amen. And it's motivated because we want to be a blessing. Now, if I, you know, when I was making my car notes, and I decided, well, I owe you X amount of dollars this month, but I'm going to throw in 50% more just to bless you. How do you think the bank would have felt? You can come back to us any time for a loan. If you're going to do it like that, you know, I mean, why? Because hey, I'm, I'm more I'm meeting my debt and I'm blessing them on top of it. So why? Now I've obtained favor with them because of the amount that I'm blessing them above and beyond my tithe. See, so when you bring your offering, you say, when you're robbing me, you're cutting yourself off. But when you say, Lord, I owe you this, but I want to give you this in addition to that because I said thank you for giving me this. I bless you for giving me this. Your offering takes it to a whole other level. Your, your, your blessing in the, in, in the offering is released beyond what you see. The tithe is going to make sure your needs are met. Amen? And it's going to protect those things. But the offering sets you up for some of your wants. Amen? See, so we got to get to a place, amen, that we bring tithe and offering. Oftentimes we, we, we do the tithe because we feel like, i got to do the tithe. Yes, but don't, you know, it says offering through. He said, don't rob me in the offering either. Amen? Sometimes I, I look at our giving statements from time to time and I the record, amen, overall. And I say, man, if we would just get this offering thing, if we were, if we were like the children of Israel, their offering always outdid their tithe. It is. I mean, there's, there's so much more that we can dig into, but like I said, I can't take the time out this morning. So, I mean, they had, they had so many offerings. Every time God did something for them, amen, they would give an offering. They would give a sacrifice. They would build an altar. Amen. Why? Because they appreciate, thank you, God. We bless you for blessing us, amen, in our offering. You just learn, amen, this offering thing, amen, can take you to a whole other level than him. Hallelujah. Let's look at Proverbs. Well, not, I'm sorry, but the Psalms. I, I went too, too quick there. Hallelujah. Proverbs. <laughs> See, thank you. Thank you for the help, Lord. Psalms 96 and 8. says, give unto the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering. Everybody say, bring an offering. Amen. And come into his courts. Bring an offering. Bless the Lord. Give him some glory. Bring an offering. Don't be coming to God's house and you ain't got no, nothing to offer him. Coming just to receive, receive, receive. Amen. He said, bring an offering. Amen. So that you can say, thank you, God. I bless you, Lord. Amen. And we get there. But so I'm, I'm not going to hang out on the offering too long, amen. But there's a whole lot of paths, even New Testament, Old Testament, deals with that offering. Amen. We need to get to a place, amen, to where. And I, I think about one place that it said, I wouldn't even go before the man of God. I forget who it was. Say he wouldn't even go before the man of God without an offering. Saul, thank you. It was Saul. You're absolutely right. Saul said, I wouldn't even go before the man of God without an offering. Wouldn't even, wouldn't even. Talk to him unless he came and put something in his hand. 
had a blessing for him. Do we think like that? People talk to me all day long. <laughs> Hours. Hey, I'm just being real. I'm being real. I'm going to show you there's a blessing in blessing the man of God. Huh? There's a blessing in that. Amen. So the one Pastor Linda talked about, and the third one that we want to deal with this morning is the first fruit. Some people got a problem with blessing the man of God. I mean, that guy, they see, they see people putting money on the altar. That's wrong. That's, yeah, that's his praise. Huh? Mm. Hello. We, we ain't got there yet, but we're going to get there too. Amen. First fruits. Amen. This morning. Amen. Just a little bit on first fruits. Amen. What's the motivation for first fruits? Amen. First of all, we want to honor God. Amen. Because he has honored us. Amen. And we want to be generous to God because he has blessed us. See, he told them when they, when they you know, have brought in the harvest in the beginning of the year, give God the first. Amen. God, you bless me. Amen. So how do we do that? We ain't got no fear. Amen. But when God blesses you with a job, give him the first fruit. Amen. He said he did it year by year. Amen. Give him the first fruit. See, first fruits is only done once a year. Amen, because when you do that, amen, it sets the rest of the, up to be blessed as well. You say, God, giving you my first is like saying, God, I give you my all. I honor you with all of it. Amen, so when we understand first fruits, amen, it honors God, amen, and it shows God that I'm, general, I'm not in love with money. I'm in love with you. And you gave me this, and just like I give it to you, you can give it back to me. Amen. So you got a new job or you get a raise on your job, think about this. You get a, a $50 raise or $100 raise on your job, get that first 50 the first 100 to God. He's going to increase you. You don't live that long without it. Bless God with the first one and watch what he does with the rest. Hello. Watch what he does with the rest. I mean, he's the one that gave you the raise. You know, the Bible said promotion comes from your boss. No, it comes from the Lord. Amen. So, Lord, you promoted me. I'm going to give you the first fruits of this promotion. Saying what you're doing there, he's telling God, I love you more than the money because I know you're the one that has blessed me. And you open the door up for increase. So what if your boss comes back two weeks later and says, well, you get another raise? You already gave him the first fruits. You don't have to give him no more. Huh? Hello? It's the first of your increase in that year. That doesn't mean there won't be more increase in the year. Hello? First fruits. That's like saying every time you get a crop during the year, you might have a bumper crop. You got to, you know, no. First fruits is first fruits. Year to year. Let's not get it mixed up, people. You can say, well, every time you get anything, any, any, any bump in your income, give it, no. First. Because there's going to be more fruit, is what he's saying. There's going to be more fruit, but the first fruit belongs to God. Amen. Go here with me, amen. Let's look at Proverbs. Mm. Yeah, Proverbs. I'm, I'm, I'm Proverbs. Not Psalms. Proverbs, okay? I finally can say it. Proverbs 3 and 9. Let's look at this. He said, honor the God. See, that's what I say. We want to honor God with our first fruits. Amen? He says, honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. 
Why? So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Someone said, ooh, I'm going to get drunk. <laughs> That's what he's talking about. But he said, well, yo, your harvest is going to be filled. Amen. But he said, honor him with the first fruits of all your increase. Amen. So that now the blessing can come back to your house. Watch out now. It says it like this in, in, in Amplified, same chapter, same verse. It says, honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from, from righteous labor. Uh-oh. From righteous labor. Hello. And with the first fruits of all your income, so shall your store places, storage places be filled with plenty, and your vats shall be overflowing with new wine. Wow. See, this shows God that you're not in love with money. God, I had first fruits. I give it to you. I'm not stuffing. I'm not scared. I'm not fretting because, God, you provide. Amen? See, we can... Help me hold this thing. We can pinch pennies with God. You know how we can sit down and say, well, a tithe, you know. Let me get my calculator make sure I can make exactly. <laughs> Anybody do that? Down to the penny. My tithe is $38.15. Pinching pennies with God. Why don't, you just, why, don't you just, why don't you just round it up to $40? Huh? Put a little offering along with it. What am I saying? I would rather do more than less. Amen? I would rather, you know, be overzealous than fearful in my gift. Amen? Trusting God and believing him. And let know that we're not trusting money. Oh, and on the tithe, sometimes people ask this question. Do we tithe on the gross? Or the net? That question always comes up. Amen? And I, 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 first I'll say this. Do you, what kind of blessing you want? Gross? Or net? You decide. Because see, when we tie this 10% of all your income, Say, well, I don't get that. Yes, you did. Uncle Sam just took it before you saw it. Huh? He said, he don't trust you. That was part of your income. He just took it out because he didn't trust you to give it up. This between Uncle Sam and God is he wants you to do it willingly. He wants to be able to trust his children that they'll give him. So, so, so. Only answer, true answer to that question is gross. That's your income. Your net is not all your income. And then when you file your taxes, you were hoping you get that back. Along with all the credits, child income credits, school credits. You know what I mean? They added so much stuff. Boy, if they had all that stuff when I was raising seven kids, I would have been slamming. Oh. I say, why y'all wait till they all get out the house to give them a thousand dollar per child and all this? I'm like, I'd have me a new car every year, you know, <laughs> new station wagon to haul them around, you know. But, but so don't, don't 
don't nickel and dime God with gross and net and all that stuff. Give God what he's due. Look at your gross and say, God, this is what I owe you. Amen? Don't, 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 don't treat him like that. He's not trying to treat you like that. Amen? Let's, let's get to that place, amen. Let's, you know, it, it also helps to show our gratitude toward God for the, for the blessings he's bestowed upon us, amen, when we're, when we're bringing our, our first fruits unto God. Look at Romans, the 11th chapter. Hallelujah. Anybody getting this? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Lord. Romans 11 and 16 says this. Well, if the friend, Pastor Linda, quoted this one earlier. Amen. But he said, if the first fruits be holy, the lump is also holy. Amen. So when you get your first fruits, you're actually sanctifying the rest of your income for the year. Sanctifying it all for the rest of the year. Huh? And it's holy what? Holy unto the Lord. Amen. See, it's like, Lord, I bless it all by giving you this first fruit. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. Wow. So let's trust God, y'all, in our first fruits. Now, I'm, I'm going to throw another, another kink in your, your thinking here. Well, this, I think this one might help you a little bit. Go to Ezekiel 44 with me, if you will. Mm. You got a choice. It's, it's faith. You can bring your first fruits into the house. As the word commands you, amen, or tells you to do, amen. Or you can bring your first fruits to the priest. Say, wait a minute, there you go again, trying to get some money. I'm going to show you what the Bible says. Huh? Is that okay? I'm going to show you what the, come on, y'all. You know, I've heard people, you know, I've heard things about, y'all money hungry over there. If you got bills to pay, you telling people, you know, you 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 dealing with your creditors, and you telling your boss you need a raise, your boss will say you you money hungry. No, you got needs, amen. And the Bible tells us money answers all things, amen. You know, usually that's coming from people that are. Hello, Ezekiel forty-four and verse thirty. Hallelujah. Said, and the first of all, let me read that again. The first of all, the first fruits of all things, and every oblation of all, of every sort of your oblation or offering, amen, shall be the priest. What's that say? Shall be whose? Wow. You shall also give unto the priest the first of your dough. They used to call money dough back in the day. Got any dough? Huh? <laughs> but he said, you give him the first of your dough that he, now, now, this is the thing. Watch it, watch it right here, right here, right here. Get this part. He said that he may cause the blessing to rest in thine house. I told you there's a blessing when you bless the man of God. He can, he can, he can. Pronounce the blessing over your house. Amen. So that's that's the law of reciprocity laid out right there. Amen. We choose, okay, but he, but again, I, I don't want to hang out there. Now this next area of giving, number four, 
we moving kind of fast. Number four deals with almsgiving. The giving of alms. And I would say, you know, looking at this and the stuff that I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, and through even personal experience, most giving in the church and in the world, up to 90% or more, is almsgiving. Amen? Say, what is almsgiving, amen? What is that kind of thing? Almsgiving is motivated. It's given to man. This is the one that goes to man, okay? And it's motivated by compassion and sympathy. In other words, you're moved by a need. Hello. That's why I say, you know, there should be no lack in the house, but there's no need in the house. Okay? It's lack because we don't do what we're supposed to do. Amen. But God said that, you know, he will supply. But watch this, though. When we're doing almsgiving, hello, that is because we're moved with compassion. That's because we have sympathy on the poor and the needy. Amen. And there's nothing wrong with that. We see it all in the scripture. Amen. We should, you know, participate in almsgiving. But what happens is, amen, we, we take the other, we take the first fruits, we take the tithe, we take the offering, and we don't understand the differences, we turn them into almsgiving. And we wonder, then we say, well, this, this thing don't work. Prosperity don't work. Amen. The 20, 60, 30 fold don't work because I did this and I ain't got nothing back. Because you did it because you were moved by compassion. Your motive was not obedience to God. Your, you, you were moved. You saw a need you could meet and you met that need. Hello. So when we take our tithes. And we say, well, the church don't need it, so I'm going to give it to this person so they can pay their rent. You just took your tithes and turned it into alms. You just met a need rather than being obedient to the tithe. And then using your money to meet the needs. We use God's money. And then we wait for God to bless us. But you run around doing almsgiving, but you're cursed, you know I mean, because you're stolen the tithe. Because you decided, I think I got a better idea. Oh, my goodness. Mm. See, we don't give alms to God. We give alms to man. Amen? Hello. Hallelujah. And here's the other thing about alms now. See, you get messed up in alms too. Because alms is supposed to be done how? In secret. Whoa. Whoa. So, let's, let's, let's go to Matthew, the sixth chapter. I kind of touched on this last week, I think, but I'm going to dig into it a little bit more today. Is that all right? Can we dig? Hallelujah. Mm. See, why is it done in secret? Let's, let's read this. Six, start at the first verse. Matthew 6. Verse number 1. Take heed that you do not, say not, not your alms before men 
to be seen of them. Huh? He said, don't do that. Take heed. Don't do that. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Oh, we're going to talk about the reward that comes from alms. We're going to get to that too. Okay? It's very clear in Scripture. Amen. He said, therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound the trumpet. Look what I did. Dun, 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 dun. He said, don't do that. See, you do alms in secret. I'm trying to read the passage. Hallelujah. Mm. He said, don't sound the trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets that they may have the glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. That's all you're going to get. Man going to glorify you. Look what you did. Pat you on the back. As far as, that, yeah, that's good as it gets, as far as it goes. Amen? But when thou doest alms, you blessing somebody, you helping somebody, amen, that's in secret between you, them, and God. That's what the scripture says. When you just all run around and say, I did this and I did this for that one and I did this for that, you're getting your reward already. And you're violating the scripture, Christian. Amen? He said, when thou doest alms, let not thy right hand know what thy left hand doeth. In other words, don't be telling nobody what you're doing. Huh? You got someone on this side, you know, none of their business what you're doing on that side. Huh? But a lot of people go to this scripture and they say, well, why y'all ask me what I'm giving? Why you ask me about my tithes? Why y'all keeping the record? Say, don't let the right hand. That's talking about alms only. That's talking about alms giving. Hello? Don't get the scripture twisted. I mean, he's talking specifically about alms. Don't let. See, we need to keep track. We need to check on you sometime. See if you're stealing from God. Did you see in the video where he said, God withheld his blessing from all the children of Israel when they were in Jericho because one man in his family took what belonged to God. Jericho and all the riches belonged to God. He said, don't touch none of it. Don't take any of it. It's mine because it was the first city they conquered going in. That was tithe unto God for what he was going to give them later on. But when Achan decided... That he was going to take some things to himself, it brought a curse on the whole nation. That's why we got to watch out who's who, who bringing a curse up in here by not by taking what belongs to God. Who's bringing a curse on the whole house by taking what belongs to God? Yeah, we're going to look. Because when Moses found out, they went from tent to tent, family to family, house to house, until they found who did it and destroyed them. I didn't look at the records. Moses kept records. When he found out Achan was in the house. He dealt with Achan. We got to deal with Achan. Don't be an Achan. Don't be stealing and taking what belongs to God and bringing the curse on the whole house. Wonder why we struggling. We got five, six, ten Achans sitting up in here. Stealing and taking what belongs to God. The tithe is God's. Hello. I don't want to tie disobedient child. Oh, see, mm, Holy Spirit, he said you robbed him. That meant you a thief. See, see, 
I'm sorry, you're not a thief. You're a robber. You know, which one is worse? Huh? A thief steals from you and try to get away with it. He sneak in your house when you're not home. Huh? He wait till you turn your back, take your wallet off your desk, slip your cell phone out your car while you're not looking. But a robber, he come right up in your face. Give me it. Robert bold. Huh? I said Robert's bold. He'll threaten your life to take your stuff. And don't care if you know it. We come right up in God's face robbing him. And you know he know it. I just don't believe in, well, you you believe in healing? (laughs) You believe in being blessed? You believe in praying to God who you rob? (laughs) Come on, somebody. I'm trying to help us. We got, ah, it's more than enough to do what God wants us to do in the house if we would all just be obedient unto God's word in the area of our giving. In all these areas, we should be participating. In all these areas. If you want the full onslaught, the full blessing of God, hallelujah. Well, let me get back to where I was. Huh? He said what? Look at verse number four. That, oh God. That then alms may be in secret. Everybody say secret. Secret. And thy father which is in heaven seeth in secret himself shall do what? Reward you how? Openly. See, God will make it known how he blesses you. But you don't got to make it known who you helping? See, when you see these TV programs and they're putting all these children with bloated stomachs up there and all of that, hey amen, what are they doing? They're, they're evoking compassion and sympathy. Amen. They're putting them, them poor people out there, amen, and their needs so they can get alms coming in. Amen. But they've already exposed everybody. See, when you give alms in secret, it's for the protection and the dignity of those that you're helping. But see, when you expose them, you have stripped more dignity from them, and you haven't protected them in their plight. You let everybody know they needed me. And I did this and I did that. And you are stripping their dignity every time you, you put it out there. Why? You got your reward. God is not pleased with us when we do that. The scripture makes it clear. When you hurt and you in need, you want somebody to say, I come and help you and say, I bless you. And I did it. No, let God use you to be a blessing, but keep your mouth shut. And let him be the one that rewards you openly. Can't but say it like scripture says. We got to get it in alignment, y'all. We got to get it right. 
amen, so that God is honored, amen, and that we can flow in the blessings of God the way he has designed it to be done. Amen? Hallelujah. Mm. Mm-mm. And see, on the alms, he said that he would bless you, right? Openly. Amen. What's the rate of return on alms? Hmm? Let's go to Proverbs 19. See, because tithes, amen, he said he's going to rebuke the devourer. Amen. First fruits, amen. We're honoring God, amen, in our offering, amen. We're doing the same, amen. We're coming before him, amen, and setting ourselves up for greater blessings in every area of our lives, amen. But when it comes to alms, look what it says in Proverbs 19, verse number 17. Proverbs 19, 17, okay. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord. Wow. Wow. See, when you're doing it with the right heart, the right motive, what you're really doing is being an agent for God. You're letting God use you to bless them. You're being an agent for God. You're being his hands and his feet. You're resourcing them for God. Right? But then he goes on to say what? And that which he hath given, will he pay him again? Who is the he he's talking about? God, he said, whatever you give, God's going to repay you. So what is the rate of return on alms? Dollar for dollar. Huh? Whatever you give, God's going to make sure. Because God will not let you be in his debt. Won't do it. Uh-uh. He said, whatever you give in the, in the name of the Lord, you lend it unto the Lord, and he will repay you. Wow. Let's do it right, people. Amen? Let's get to that place, amen. And so alms don't bring the 30, 60, 100-fold return. Amen. He's going to repay you what you get. He's going to make sure that that lack covered in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. So let's not get, see, that's why I say sometimes we're doing stuff and, and we've taken it and we've, we've, we've reclassified our giving and so therefore we're not getting the return that we're hoping to get. So we got we to get it all lined up and get it right, amen, so that it flows like God intended for it to flow. Hallelujah. See, the tide don't bring 30, 60, 40. I went back from 60 to 40. What happened to that? Amen. The tithe don't bring that kind of return. Amen. Tithe brings a whole other thing. Protection. Amen. The rebuking of the devourer. All those things. The offering. Amen. It don't bring that kind of return. Huh? Now, now, now when we get down to this last one. Hello. <laughs> This is the one that we need to understand. Hallelujah. But we need to understand all of them. Let's make that clear. But the last type we want to talk about is the seed. Oh, the seed. 
Now, what's we talked about before? We talked about the tithe. Amen. We've talked about the offering. We've talked about first fruits. Man, giving, giving, giving. Huh? We've talked about the alms. Last one we're going to deal with today is the seed. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And the seed, let's go to Mark, the fourth chapter. There's so many places I could take you on this. My goodness. Hallelujah. But we're going to read this. Y'all doing all right? I am. Amen. Mark 4, we're going to start at verse number 2. And he taught them many things by parables and said unto them in his doctrine, Hearken, behold, they went out a sower to sow. And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground, where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprung up because it had no depth of earth. It can't go up, so it's got to mean down, so it's got to go up. Amen? But when the sun was up, okay, when the heat was on, hello, think about that. It was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. And it yielded no fruit. I would not hear all these things. Amen. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit and sprang up and increased and brought forth some 30 and some 60 and some 100 fold. Wow. This is where, this is the only place you're going to see the 30, 60, hundredfold return is in your seed. Amen? In your giving in that area. Why? Because it lets us know, amen, and this is a good parable, amen. It goes on a little bit further on down and it explains each one more in detail, amen, of what they represented. But the seed has got to be put not just in the ground. Not just, let me say it like this, not just in any ground. See, sometimes we sow in seed in dry ground. We sow in seed in parched ground. We sow in seed in clay. <laughs> but seed has to be sown, I receive, seed has to be sown in fertile, moist soil. See, you don't find a farmer say, well, let me go to the Sahara and plant me a crop. You don't plant seed in sand. Why? Because you want to put the seed in good ground, good fertile ground, rich soil. Can I say it like that? Rich soil. Huh? Because why? That soil, that good ground is going to put a demand on the seed. Dry ground can't put a demand on the seed. It just want more seed. But see, when you put it in good ground, that good ground is going to put a demand on the seed, and the seed is going to produce. That's why when we begin to look at the other ones, amen, it fell on stony ground, amen, it was choked, amen, out, all of, why? Because the seed didn't get a chance to really get roots. 
the seed didn't get a chance to really grow down and get some depth, amen, because the soil wasn't putting a demand on the seed. The seed wanted to grow, so it popped right up, but it didn't have no strength to stand. So we got to make sure, amen, what am I saying? When you sow in seed, you got to make sure you sow in seed in a good ministry. Amen. See, sometimes we, we change, you know, in, in the men's ministry, we, we, we sow a seed into the ministry. Why? Because we wanted to bring forth good fruit. Amen. And when we, we, we sow that seed, amen, that seed causes a blessing to our women. It causes a blessing, amen, to all the things the men's ministry does. Same thing with women's ministry. Amen. It's not an offering so we can just get something back on it, but we sow and seed. When you sow seed into your man of God, when you sow seed into people that are able to be a blessing and put a demand on that seed, and you see something else, but when you sowing, amen, we, we say, well, I'm sowing into the poor. You give alms to the poor. That's not fertile soil. Some people don't like us to say that. It's not fertile soil. If it was fertile, they wouldn't be poor. Jesus said the poor you would have with you always. You give alms to the poor. You give alms to the needy. You give alms to that, that they might be able to rise up and one day be good soil. But when you want to sow, you need to sow to rich soil. You need to sow to something that's ahead of where you are. Amen. You need, I mean, and recognizing, amen, you, you can sow. See, sometimes we say, well, you go to the big church. You look around and say, well, they don't need my offering. I'll go over here to this little church that's struggling, and I'll give this offering, amen, on my tithe. I receive, I'll give my tithe to this little church to help them out. You weren't moved by obedience to God and tithing. You were moved by compassion for their need. So you just took that tithe that you're not giving to the big church, and you're taking it and you're giving it to the little church because why? You were compassionate on their need. You just turned your tithe into an all. Can I help us? You got to do it God's way. That's like, you know, you, you, you go to McDonald's. They're a huge chain. And you get their food. And then you look across the street and you say, that's a mom and pop joint across the street. And they look like they've got two cars in the parking lot. So I'm going to eat at McDonald's and I'll go over here and, and, and pay mom and pop. I think corporate would be upset with you. Hello? And when we don't bring our tithes and we don't do these things right, corporate's upset with us. Hello? Because we're mixing it up and we're not getting the right, proper understanding in our giving. We wonder why we're struggling because we, we're doing so many of them the wrong way. With the wrong understanding. But we got we to say, okay, Lord, help us right now. Amen. So when it comes to your seed, amen, we are motivated by faith and, here it is, reward. Amen? Ain't nothing wrong with a reward, you know what I mean? Huh? I was going to say, where is it? That's not my notes. John what? 638? Luke. Thank you, Luke. 638. He said what? Do what? Give, and you won't get nothing back. No. He said, give, and it shall be what? Given unto you. How? Come on, put, put that up on the scripture, on, on the wall, if we can. There we go, right there. I'll say, put that up on the scripture. Huh? Look what it says. Give and it might be. Give and it could be. No, he said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good 
good measure, pressed down and shaken together. You know how you shake it to make room for more? Shaken together and running over. Shall men, wow. See, when you give, God's already got someone designated to be a blessing to you. Now, see, I ain't never seen dollars falling from the sky. Amen. But he got somebody designated. When you give, he said, it shall be given to you what? Shaken together and what? Running over. I receive. I receive. Running over shall men give unto your bosom. But sometimes we don't want to give because no one's giving to us. You got to prime the pump, baby. In this area, he said, you give first. Well, I can't afford you. Well, you ain't going to get nothing back. We trying we 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 trying to we trying to manipulate the scripture, but no, it's right there before your eyes. I don't care if you look at it in the King James and the NLT, Amen, in the Message. I don't care how you look at it; it's gonna basically say the same thing. You gotta give. If you want that kind of return, he said, "Give, and it shall be given unto you." What? Good measure, pressed down and shaken together. And running over shall men give unto your bosom, for with the same measure ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Right back to you. We can't be afraid to give. Because God's word is true. He's waiting for you to do your part with understanding. Not out of fear. Not out of manipulation but through understanding and through faith, allowing him and releasing him to do what it is that he wants to do in your life, amen, and in this community through us. As we make up our mind, Lord, we're going to do what you want us to do. We're going to do this thing right. We're not going to do it for our own glory, amen, but we're going to do it for the glory of God. That's what it's really all about. So when you're sitting there and you're looking at your budget, don't put God on a budget. I, you know, I believe in having a budget. You know, I, I, I do. I got, every, I got my stuff mapped out on the computer. I go in there every month and, you know, manipulate it and make sure this is paid. And I know exactly what I owe every month. I can tell you to the penny, you know, what it would take for me to be debt free. You know, I know exactly what I get for on my house. Amen. On credit cards, get rid of those. I've been through finance beat twice, and I ain't quite got there yet. You know, but it's understanding that when God say give, yeah, ooh, okay, thank you, Lord. He said he's a budget buster. Huh? So if he, yeah, wow. You know, he, he's a budget buster. Because if he tell you to do something, you can't say that don't fit in my budget. I'm not trying to fit in your budget. I'm trying to blow your budget up. That's what he's trying to do. If we would just trust him and get to the place and say, yes, Lord, I believe you. I hear you. I understand you. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. So we, we don't want to be doing this thing wrong. We want to do it right. We want to come in alignment with him, amen, so that we can be able to experience that, that 30. You know, you start off 30, you say, whoa, that worked out. Oh, ooh, that, I might step out a little bit further. You know, you're going to start off at 100. Huh? But if you just, you just trust God, next thing you know, you're at the 60 level. 
God, you're good. And what do you think he's going to do? He said, he that gives seed to the sower. Do I have that scripture? I don't even think I got that scripture. Huh? Wow. Man. Woo, help me, Holy Spirit. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Find me that scripture. I'm on Bible scholars. I didn't have it right in my head. Oh, here we go, here we go. Here we go. Let me see. Let me see. Uh, <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay, let's 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 go here. Second Corinthians. Nine. My, 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 my. Anybody getting anything? I made anybody mad yet? <laughs> made anybody glad yet? Huh? Come on, somebody. It's not me. It's, it's, look, Second Corinthians 9. Look at verse number 5. Let's start at verse number 5. He said, therefore, huh, I thought it necessary to exhort you, or exhort the brethren, that they should go before you and make up beforehand your bounty. In other words, get ready to give. Wow. Whereof ye had noticed before, and the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. Amen? But this I say, he that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall also reap, what? Shall reap also what? Now, how you want to reap? Have we got any sowers in here? Huh? See, you got to have seed to sow, isn't that right? See, so God gives us income. He gives us a job so we can have seed. Huh? But look what he says here. Now, let me, let me stop there. He said, every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. So he said, let every man and woman purpose. Purpose. Are we purpose givers? Or do we purpose not to give? He said, purpose in your heart. Wow. Purpose in his heart. Amen. Hallelujah. And so let him give not grudgingly. Oh, I gotta give this. Come on, God ain't gonna honor that. He said, but uh, or of necessity. For God loveth the cheerful giver. And God, now this is the part you gotta get now. Hear this. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. All grace abound toward you. Look at what he says. That ye always having all sufficiency in all. I like he just like using that word all. Oh, when you give God, hey man, it, it's all good. Oh, he said all grace. Wow. All sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work. As it is written, he hath dispensed abroad. He hath given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. And then he, here's the verse. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both bread for your food and multiply your seed sown. Wow. 
Hello. And increase the fruits of your righteousness. See, so he's going to give you seed. Now, hear, what he, hear that scripture. I'm not, I'm not making this up. Okay, it's on the screen. It's in your Bible. It's on your iPhone. He said, he that ministers seed to the sower and bread. And another place said bread to the eater. In other words, he's going to give you seed to sow and bread to eat. So what am I about to say? Don't eat your seed. Sow it. Sometimes we eat in our seed. We go on buying everything in the world, amen, buying what we want with the seed. That's just the same as eating your seed. But if you would sow the seed, what's he say? He's going to increase the seed that's sown. Not the seed that's eaten. It's going to go in one end and out the other. But if you would go ahead and sow the seed, he'll increase the seed. So next time you look around, you got more seed. And if you got more seed, amen, that means you got more to eat. Not seed, but food. Amen. More things are being multiplied to you. Why? Because we're being obedient in this area. Amen. And we got to get there. Trust in him. I like that. Now, he that ministered seed to the soul. Wow. God trying to minister us. Are we trying to hear it? Hallelujah. Go back to the 8th chapter real quick. Stay on 2 Corinthians. Amen. Eight chapter, verse number 10. Amen. It says, and herein I give my advice. For it is expedient for you who have begun before not only to do, say do. He said, don't, you, you, you did it before. You started before to do. Amen. And we talking about it's time to do, right? Amen. But also to be forward a year ago. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it. In other words, perform it. Do it. Amen. That as there is a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of which ye have. Now, notice this. God's not asking, and she touched on it this morning. Amen. God's not asking us what you don't have. He don't do that. He'd be an unjust God. Amen. Because the 12th verse says this, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. If you're just willing, God will accept you at whatever level you are, according to what you have. We've got to stop saying what we don't have. We all got something. If you got a dollar, you can give a dime. Uh, God will accept it because of your heart's right. When you say, I, I need a million dollars before I can give, whoo, you're in trouble with God. <laughs> you got to get it right with God. But you got to start where you are and be faithful, be obedient, be diligent where you are in whatever area of giving. God might put it on your heart to give alms. Where are you at? Give what you can and keep it to yourself. Huh? In any one of these areas. God says, according to where you are. But you got to have a purpose in mind that God, I'm not. Okay. I'm not trying to serve mammon. He said, because we can't serve both. Lord, I'm serving you. And you give me what I need. 
you give me these things. So we want to get into a place, amen, where we're cheerful givers. We're giving according to our ability, amen, not trying to do more, amen, but we're going to do what we're supposed to do, amen. In all of these areas of giving, amen, God is calling us, amen. There are times he wants to, to, to have compassion on the poor, but don't take it from one of the other areas, amen, and try to make it your own. Do what we're supposed to do in all areas of our giving. Amen. So I didn't know there was so much about giving. There's a whole lot about giving. Amen. A whole lot about giving. That we got to get it. Amen. Don't you know giving is a grace that God wants us. You know, He He wants us to excel in. You can't excel in it if you ain't got nothing. But when you start where you at, God will increase you. We saw. We've already seen that. Amen. And therefore, we can go further. I'm going to read one more passage to you, and then we're going to be done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's go. Amen. We're still in that second chapter. We're going to back up to the first first verse. We started the 10th and the 12th verse. Isn't that right? And we're going to back up to the first verse. Mm. Say, moreover, brethren, Paul was talking to the Corinthians. And he said, moreover, brethren, ye do, we do, you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the church of Macedonia. In other words, we notice what you've done. Amen? How that in great trial, now see something, this talk to some of us, amen, to say, I just can't do it, it's too hard. Amen, I ain't got enough. Struggling. He said, how that in great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Even when they was hurt, he said, man, they, were, they, just, they just gave anyway. Hallelujah. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us that with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. In other words, just take our money and be a blessing to the saints. They pressed on them huh, to do it, even though they were in poverty. And he goes on to say, and this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave themselves to the Lord. Wow, I like that. Gave themselves to the Lord. In other words, they're doing it as unto God. It wasn't about the apostles. It wasn't about the man, but they were doing it as unto God. See, that's the key in all of our living for Christ. It's all got to be as unto God. But we got to have right understanding in how we do these things. Amen? He said, gave themselves unto the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desire Titus that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. He's still talking about that grace, right? Therefore, look at verse number 7. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, get this one, as you abound in everything, all right? And, you know, in faith, in all the areas of your faith, you abound. In utterance, speaking, sharing, witnessing, and all those things, in knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love toward us, we abound in all those areas. He says, see that you abound in this grace also. He's talking specifically in the grace of giving. 
He said, don't, don't do everything else and leave this out. But abound in this grace also. This, God, give me the grace to be obedient. Give me the grace to give. Give me the grace. Amen. And when you do that, amen, watch what God does in your life. Hallelujah. So it's time to do it. Time to give according to the Bible. The right way. Understanding when it comes to our, our tithes, when it comes to our offering, when it comes to first fruits. You know, sometimes, you know, you start talking about first fruits in, in, in January, and people look at you like a deer staring in the headlights. You know, we got to get some more understanding. Amen. First fruits is in the Bible, just like tithes, just like offering, just like prayer. Amen. Just like fasting. Amen. Understanding the benefit that it can bring even in our lives today. If we just understand those principles and get it right. Study. Amen. There's a whole lot there. Like I said, there's so much in each one of these areas. But I just wanted to hit all, all of them real quick. Amen. So we can get some understanding. And we can dig into each one of these areas by themselves a whole lot deeper to get some understanding. Your giving is extremely important to you. Hallelujah. God talks more about giving. Jesus talked more about giving. In the New Testament, than he did about going to heaven. Did he, talk, he, he, he said more about giving than he did heaven. Wonder why that is. Hello. Because if we can't get it here, we can't overcome this small stuff. We can't trust him here huh, to be our source and our provider. This is training ground. Let's pass the test. Give God what he's due. Let's be obedient to him. He is your source. Not your job. Huh? I remember trying to work at a job when I first started passing. The Lord wouldn't let me. So I, try, I tried for a little while. He said, what are you doing? Literally, what are you doing? I ain't had no income. Nothing, nothing. What are you doing? And he literally took care of me. Wouldn't even get no income from the church. But he literally took care of us. We didn't live in those shacks. We didn't live in no little places. Why? Because it was the supernatural provision. I can't explain how it all worked out, amen, but it worked out. Here we are years later. Why? Because I trusted God. He said, stop it. Trust me. I still had like little rug rats running around. You know, I mean, it wasn't that little by then. Well, most of them. But God still provided. We got to trust him. Stop saying what we can't do. Stop being disobedient to God. Stop robbing God. Let's be obedient. Stop trying to steal this glory. Hello? I hope we got this. And let God be God. No matter how you do it, line it up with the word of God. Be obedient to him. And let him be God in your life.